Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true life stories about sex told by audience members at Smut Slams around the world. Smut Slam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smut Slam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Your life is awesome! Your life is awesome! Hi there, and welcome to Your Life is Awesome, the story podcast based on Smut Slam. My name is Cameron Moore. I'm your host, and I'm also the founder of Smut Slam International, which is a fantastic network that is regrowing now after the pandemic. And it's what this show is based on. What you might want to know if you've never been to a live show is how exactly does this work? How do we get stories from just random people in a way that feels nonetheless safe, but sexy? Like, how, how do we do that? It's a fine line, let me tell you. Basically, we invite people I persuade people gently to put their names in the hat if they want to tell a story at the top of the show. And then we draw the names out one by one. They come up to the microphone and uh, spill their guts. And uh, we have judges, we have prizes. It's all very freewheeling because it's just drawn out of a hat. We know more, much more about the contents of the podcast than we do about an actual live show. Who knows what's going to happen? The way that we keep our shows safer because that could sound like a recipe for chaos and anarchy. We have something called a code of conduct, so we definitely go over at the top of the show what kinds of stories and behaviors are appropriate material for Smut Slam. In future episodes, we're going to be telling you a little bit more about the code of conduct, but for now, let me just let you know, we put a lot of thought into it. So uh, that that's how these shows happen, and these are the stories that we bring to you on Your Life is Awesome for this particular episode and show that we're working with, you should know uh, there's going to be a little crackly background. Just imagine you're sitting in front of one of those kind of fake fireplace videos on YouTube. We It was our last outdoor show of 2020 and it got cold here in Berlin. So uh, we, we had our venue has a fireplace, fire pits rather. And as I'm recalling, our microphone was positioned rather close to one of the fire pits. So you get that lovely sort of like, ooh, crackling sparks up into the dark night sky feeling. Go ahead and relax into that. Also, uh, you may notice a little bit that our tellers are sounding a little bit muffled. And that is because that first year of the pandemic, we were masking up all the time, outdoors, everywhere. We had no vaccines yet, and so masks were what we did. Uh, P.S., you should still be masking up indoors whenever you can, uh, which is all the time. You can mask up all the time. Just saying. Okay, off my soapbox there. Uh, so, so for this episode, some of the storytellers might sound a little muffled. It's because we're all wearing masks and being responsible. The theme of this show was hidden. Ooh. So it was all about kind of like looking behind things, getting away, hiding things from people. Uh, it was, yeah. Ooh. Um, that's super exciting. You'll find different storytellers ways of approaching that theme. Of course, as with almost all the shows, I start with my story, which was all about the challenges of 
how to find a place to fuck at a festival. Story one is about pretending to be virgins for the parents. Oh, those parental visits. Good Lord. Story number two, back to the parents and how to get away from them for some fun in the French countryside. I should also mention that this particular story, story number two, was told in this interesting mix of French and then their friend volunteered to uh, interpret on the fly because the person telling really didn't know enough English to like, I'm not sure what they thought was going on with the rest of the show, to be honest, but they wanted to tell their own story, but they could only do it in French. So their friend helped them. It was really fun. Story three is about a masturbation break that the teller had to break with some magic pussy affirmations. And story number four is some independent lady darkroom action. Oh, that sounds so good. In between, of course, we have some fuck bucket action. That is anonymous questions or confessions that our audience members turn in during the course of a smut slam. If they want to participate, but maybe they're feeling shy or they don't feel like they have enough of a story to share, or maybe they just have some questions that have come up recently in their life, they can put those on a piece of paper, no name attached, and I do my best to either answer them myself or I get I get answers from the judges. I get uh, answers from the audience. It's a fantastic endeavor in crowdsourcing sex education. So that's the fuck buckets, and you're going to get some of that action too. That's what's in store for you right now. So strap in, and I will see you on the other side. If you are looking for sex at a festival, you know that it's all the same at every festival everywhere, right? Um, no one really has a place to fuck. Not really. I mean, you could be, I mean, it could be like a tent, but it's next door to someone and things are really rattling or it's like on someone's couch, but that's not very nice to walk in on. There's never actually a good, sexy, sexy time place to have sex. Um, and, uh, the Edinburgh Festival Fringe was no exception for me in, uh, 2014 when I met a comedian I wanted to pull, fool around with, which is unusual for me. I normally don't go for the comedians. I think they're a bit weird. But um, I went for it, and we were looking for a place to hook up. And my place was um, far away. His place was even further. We probably had, like, more people per square foot of floors than some small countries sort of thing, because that's the Edinburgh and the Fringe time. And so we were then looking at outdoors, which for some festivals is great. For a place like this, it would be great. Garden, fairy lights, all the stuff. Edinburgh is disgusting in August. It's raining almost constantly. It's cold like this at night. But we still wanted to fuck. It was a testament to our commitment to the fuckery. And so we were looking around for like sheltered places. We thought of a loading dock. It's got a little bit of shelter. And then we saw the camera. Shit. Uh, we thought maybe in some shrubbery, but it was raining. So it was like just mud and wet leaves and not nice. You don't want that going up your backside uh, when you're getting down to it. So finally, and admittedly, we made this decision under duress because it was starting to really rain. Again, Thank you. Yes, we went for it. Even in spite of the rain, we were that horny. 
we decided to go for a little alcove set into the wall, the con like a brick stone wall or something, along the side of a major thoroughfare. <laughs> it was, whoa, it was like, you know, okay, you know those little indents next to train tracks sometimes where the, the, the train workers can step back if the train comes by? Yeah, it was like that, only on the road. <laughs> the, the alcove was maybe this deep. It was maybe that deep. And the pavement was right next to me. I decided to sit down, give him a blowjob right there in the alcove. It was dark. I didn't think anyone would care. It was raining. That was the important thing. And the thing about thick rain is it hides everything. Because everyone's so focused on walking. And, like, the rain's coming down. It's a sheet around you. It's an impenetrable, opaque curtain around everyone. No one's looking. No one was looking when he pulled his cock out and I just sucked them off right there next to the busy thoroughfare. Because there were cars going, even at 2 o'clock in the morning. There were taxis. There were people walking down the street, coming back from shows, 2 o'clock in the morning, because that's Edinburgh. But they were all surrounded by rain and not looking and not looking. And I sucked him off better and faster than I had ever given a blowjob, because I was super uncomfortable. But I have to say the most uncomfortable thing about that whole hidden affair was at the very last moment, someone walked by, like literally a foot away from me. I looked up, and this person turned to look right in my eyes <laughs> while my partner in crime, Dick, was like exploding at that moment. <laughs> to my credit, I swallowed it all. The other guy kept walking. My guy didn't even know. And nobody else saw. So I have to say, as far as like hidden sex acts goes, that was pretty successful. Just one person who was probably drunk. He might tell his friends, but no one's going to believe him. It's a festival. He was probably drunk. No one will know. So, uh, yeah, I don't do that as a matter of course. It's not a kink of mine. But when you've got to get it done, you go for wherever you can. Thank you very much. say I can't say that artistically it was the best blowjob I've ever given because I didn't have a whole lot of time it would be like if you were to say like yeah Jackson Pollock he's the best artist he gets some shit done really fast you know it's not really that's not really it but um yes hi my name is Cameron Moore I'm your host for this evening <laughs> yeah pussy pumps is it working for all girls I mean, how long should it take? <laughs> it, 10 minutes? More than 10 minutes? Thanks. <laughs> I, I don't know what it means. To, how long does it take to have an orgasm or get something the size of a golf ball? I mean, pussy pumps. Pussy pump is a, basically any device that's going to have, like, you're going to have a suction cup kind of thing, something that does suction over your clit, and, or you can go over the pussy as well, so it can get the pussy lips involved. I, I've heard it referred to both things, but anyway, you got the suction action, pumping it up. Yeah. It does not work for all people with clitorises. I had a pussy pump tryout once, and it, it took for fucking ever and did nothing for me, so 
How long does it take? I'm pretty sure they don't make any um, specific promises in the marketing for those things. Um, but ideally, you're enjoying the journey, right? That's what it's all about, right? Oh, wow. Chanting Hail Marys with your lips on a clit feels amazing. How long should it take? I mean, how many Hail Marys are we talking about here? As long as everyone's having a good time with it. Okay. So three years ago, I met my now ex-husband. And um, our relationship was very physical, very loving, very physical as well. Um, I'm half Iranian, so um, I'm a Muslim, I guess. He's Egyptian. He's a Muslim too. And the way that he, according to him, caught me was by reading the Quran to me. He said... Oh, when you, look, when you looked into my eyes, I saw you were getting wet. And I was thinking, I was falling in love with you, but never mind. So our relationship was very physical, as I said. After we were making love every day, six times, six times a day, his accommodation said, uh, can you please stop this? Otherwise, you have to find another room. After a couple of months, we went to Egypt to meet his family. And um, they, were, they are very conservative Muslims, so... Although we were already 30 years old, it was understood because we're not married, we are virgins. So for 10 days from fucking like rabbits, we had to become Mother Teresa or something like that. And that was super hard because we were in the same room. We were not in the same room because, because we were not allowed to be in the same room. But we were sneaking on the balcony where we could be alone. And he could slip his hand into my pants and just... Um, touch me a little bit until we noticed that the neighbors were seeing that so we couldn't do that then we went to Cairo went to the pyramids where there was we thought there was nobody so behind the um, 7,000 year old stones we were starting to have a little bit of fun but then the policeman came so we couldn't do that and then um, so we, when we came back in the in the cab and my coat was on his lap I started to give him a little bit of joy because it was um, days that nothing had happened. But he couldn't, um, we were in the cab with six other people and the cab was running very fast. And Egyptian cab drivers are like people, like um, cars in a video game. So you go from this side to this side, so we couldn't finish things. And then when the last day finally came, which is not finally, the, the family was lovely, but the last day came, his aunt gave us a hundred euro because we had an overlay in Egypt, uh, in Vienna, from Vienna to Switzerland, where we were living at the time. And she said, just do something nice for, you, for yourselves. You have like eight, <laughs> eight hours. You know where it's going. We, we, you have eight hours. Maybe, you know, have some coffee and like a croissant or something. And then um, when we were in Vienna, we just looked at each other and we were like, yes. So we took the train to Vienna, went into a hotel room for um, two hours and just fucked like rabbits like before and, um, and uh, caught up on all the things that we had missed for so long. Fucking how expensive did your aunt think that his aunt think that croissants were in Europe anyway? That better be a really fucking good croissant, you know what I mean. Lots of butter. Uh, what? Croissants have lots of butter. Give me a break. Shut up. 
Hold the phone. What? Ah, okay. I once, I can't believe it. I once had a wank in the classroom. The teacher made me stand up just as I was shooting my load into my pants. How can you not find a person with a penis in this society? They're everywhere, shooting their loads in their pants. Not all, not all penis havers, I know, but still. Good Lord. Okay. That's just the best or the worst timing. I don't know. What the hell? And of course, we don't know how old this person was when they did that. Oh, I, whoa. Oh, this has beautiful handwriting. Whoever wrote this. Okay, hang on. I once gave myself time to journal about my sexual fantasies without judgment. What surface was full of magical birds floating down waterfalls and levitating over flowers. I'm not sure what next, but I'm excited. That does sound magical, eh? See, I got stuck over levitating. I thought it said lactating, and I'm like, that's... A very sudden style shift is what I'm saying. Lactating over flowers. Um, good Lord. Il y, a, il y a trois ans. Three years ago. Yes. J'étais à Berlin pendant, pendant les vacances et ma copine était en France. I was in Berlin for the holidays and my girlfriend was in France. On s'était pas vu pendant un mois peut-être. We haven't seen each other for maybe a month. Du coup, quand je suis arrivé à Toulouse, on était très, très excités de se, uh -huh. de se retrouver. So when I went back to Toulouse, we were very horny. Yeah. <laughs> Et euh, on devait aller chez ses parents qui habitent euh, à deux heures de route de Toulouse à peu près. We should have gone to her parents who were living maybe two hours from Toulouse. Et sur la route, on ne pouvait plus attendre euh, d'arriver chez ses parents parce que déjà, c'était compliqué de faire l'amour chez ses parents mais en plus ça faisait trop longtemps qu'on s'était pas vu. <rire> so while we were going there we just couldn't wait any longer because it was hard to make love at her parents place and then also we had this time that we hadn't seen each other so we were very eager. Alors du coup ma copine qui conduisait euh, est sortie de l'autoroute et on allait se, se on est allé se garer à côté d'un bois. So my girlfriend who was, who was driving stopped on the road and we went to a little wood that was next to the road. So we started making love on the car on the little path in the wood. Et là, y a un qui a commencé, on entendait un tracteur qui commençait à arriver. So we heard that a tractor was coming. Alors du coup, on, on a couru dans, dans le bois, mais euh, en, en essayant de se tenir ses vêtements. So we were running into the trees, trying to put on our pants, pull up our pants. Et à ce moment-là, on a continué à, à faire l'amour. <laughs> so then we just keep, kept going. Et c'était euh, hyper euh, chargé euh, émotionnellement. And there was emotionally very exciting and like a charged atmosphere. Et après, euh, après avoir joui tous les deux, euh, ma copine était accrochée aux, aux arbres. 
<laughs> yes. Um, when we both came, my girlfriend like, was holding on to a tree. Et elle regardait vers le ciel et elle disait je vois le ciel, je vois le ciel. And she looked up to the sky and she said I can see the sky, I can see the sky. <laughs> et moi je me remettais de mes émotions et je, je levais la tête et effectivement on, on voyait le ciel. And uh, I came out of this trance and I looked up and I was and it was true that there was the sky. But she was seeing another kind of sky. Thank you. Um, à époque là on voulait avoir un enfant et le fait de faire l'amour, je trouve, et de créer la vie, c'est quelque chose de assez euh, unique quand tu sais que c'est euh, pour ça. Et neuf mois plus tard, j'ai eu un fils. Oh wow. At that time, they wanted to have a child. They wanted to make a child. And um, he, found it, he found it very striking that you, you create new life through making love and having this experience with your partner. And truly, after nine months, he had a boy. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I don't want to pop your bubble, but you can't actually conceive while holding onto a tree. That's not how it happens. That's lovely and magical, but you don't actually get pregnant holding onto a tree. There's got to be the other stuff going on. So another round of applause, please, for the translator, the interpreter. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have a coital orgasm if you have anal sex? I mean, the person with a penis sometimes does. They're everywhere. They're having them all the time. Um, you people should not be encouraging me in this. Um, can you have a coital orgasm? So I'm wondering if they mean the person being penetrated. Can they have a coital orgasm? And the answer is you can because that area down there is super small and there's a lot going on. Like all the different bits of the, the clitoris are kind of all and just everywhere getting in there. For um, people with penises, you got the prostate going on. You can definitely uh, get off being fucked in the ass. Um, As a young man, I was inundated with this fear and this expectation that uh, coming too fast was undesirable and that there was a pride to be able to have a lasting power. And I think that might have affected me in the opposite way, where I would not come often. And uh, I, I mean, I know it's like not the point exactly, like the climax is just one small part of a long series of events that are sex. And, but it's still, I think, uh, there's a kind of brutal doubt that you can see with your partner of the doubt in um, themselves and in me and in the act. So it was an anxiety I tried to work on. I would kind of uh, plan out my sexual encounters. I would like maybe not masturbate for a week before a promising date. And this inevitably led to my master plan. Uh, partly inspired by some things I'd heard from my friends and also partly inspired by the Seinfeld episode where they uh, they uh, all bet on who can hold out the longest in masturbation. And I think it's called Master of My Domain. 
which uh, it sounded pretty good to me. It's what I wanted to be. <laughs> uh, so I started when I was traveling. I was working on a small farm in Indonesia, living in a dorm with a bunch of people. So I didn't really have a lot of privacy. There wasn't a lot of ways like get away and masturbate or obsess about sex. So yeah, I remember whew, every palm tree was just this long, like leathery ribbed, like coconuts, like hairy coconuts. I mean, we grew pineapples and I was drawing like very Georgia O'Keeffe styled drawings in my notebook. I was worried if I thought about an areola too long, I might have a brain aneurysm. Uh, eventually it subsided a bit and it, my sexual energy just kind of came normal like the wallpaper and uh, it went on with my life. I trellised plants and paved walkways on the farm and this went on for weeks until finally I was in Malaysia and I went on a date with a girl. She was another fellow traveler from Kyrgyzstan and uh, we met for a drink. We talked about where we had been, where we were going to go, who to talk to when we got there. And uh, then we got curry. We walked around the night market. We had another drink. And then there was sort of this, uh, that magnetic, like, repulsion attraction on that you get on first dates. We're standing on the street at 2 a.m., and we decide that we should just get a room. And pretty soon, uh, she was ripping off my clothes. I was unbuttoning her jeans. We're on the bed, and... Probably for the first time in my life, I'm a little worried. Maybe I'm going to come a little too fast. <laughs> and eventually I do, and we fall asleep. We wake up, we repeat the whole act. I come again. And at that point, I tell her um, what I'd been hiding. I, I, this is actually something I, I have, that uh, sometimes I, I can't do that. And she kind of was like, whatever, yeah, like... She's heard it before, but like with her, that's not a thing. And she kind of tells me why. She confidently tells me, well, my pussy is magic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, like that, that makes sense. <laughs> and uh, in the morning, you know, when we're like, we wake up and there's the sweat and the smells, we go again and we do the impossible. We do what. I thought it was improbable and off limits for me, and we have sex a third time in one day, and I come a third time. And, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe I really needed to take some time off and become master of my domain. <laughs> or maybe in order to get out of my head and get into my body, I... and take sex a little bit less seriously, all I needed was someone to whisper in my ear in a sultry alto that was ridiculous as it was sexy, and also, strangely, the third person to fuck it. Fuck my magic pussy. Thank you. there's someone wandering around in the world going like, yeah, I got a magic pussy. You just got to rub it and every wish will come true. That's how that works. That's how it works, right? I don't know. Magic pussy. 
magic pineapple. Um, maybe. Amazing. I love the shit that gets told on the Smut Slam microphone. I gotta tell you, I'm basking in it. I'm basking in it. What? 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 Except this one. Okay, wait. We're getting into culinary territory, and I'm not sure I like it, but I'm gonna read it. Shrimps and sex. Best. That's all that's on here. This is a political slogan. This is not a confession. This is a statement. This is a this is a this is a a testimonial from the Shrimps Better Business Bureau. I don't know what. Someone's getting paid for that placement. Okay. Uh, so just to sort of place this uh, story in time, uh, this took place uh, maybe about like a year and a half ago. And it was in a time when I was single and a time uh, of being single after breaking up with my partner of 10 years. So a very like long sort of process of figuring out what um, being on my own was all about and yeah, what kind of things I was into and the person that I was. Um, at this particular moment, I was really into myself and um, it was getting very serious. Like I, I was sending pictures of myself to myself and talking about what we had done today and how hot it had been and all the fun we had together. Um, but like very seriously, like I would just tell people like, oh, I did this today, like, and like it was hot. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's, that's sort of where we're at when this story took place. Um, and yeah, so the story took place actually out, out and about at a party. Um, and I was with my friends and, um, we were about to go to the dance floor and like, you know, got like a little loose beforehand and got to the dance floor and I realized like, oh shit, like I am too loose. <laughs> I am fucked up. Like I am a bit overwhelmed. Like I cannot really handle my shit right now, but like, it's cool. We're on the dance floor. Like I'm just going to like, you know, try to dance or like do something that I think is dancing. Um, so I'm like kind of bopping around. My friends are periodically like checking in on me. Um, and I'm like, oh, just like leave me alone. I'm, I'm figure it out. Um, so I'm like, like leaning and kind of like doing this weird movement thing, and it's it's like not great. I'm <laughs> in my head. I'm at a point where I'm just counting seconds and like thinking like, okay, if I just count seconds long enough, like time will pass and this will be over soon. So it was rough. Um, but at a certain point, like, the seconds were not really passing <laughs> very fast at all. And I was, like, kind of trying to, like, find positions that were a bit more comfortable for myself. And at one point, I was just, like, kind of just, like, touching myself a little bit. And that, like, seemed to, like, comfort me. I don't know. Felt a little good. And so I'm, like, moving my hands around. And, like, at a certain point, I'm, like, kind of approaching my own crotch and I'm like I can should I just do this like I see like dudes in here all the time just sort of like casually wanking off like I guess I can do this too and so I I do it I like start just like gently touching myself and like I should also point out that like I I was obviously not in my right mind but my my choice placement for for this um sort of like 
getting through my fucked upness was um, not anywhere discreet. I was on a platform <laughs> on the dance floor, also next to the one like light that wasn't flashing, the emergency exit light. So I had a really nice like green glow that was pretty consistent. So I was very well lit and um, on a platform, elevated, and also at the front of the room. So like everyone was facing me. Um, but at this point, I'm like, oh, my God, this is working. Like, holy shit, amazing. So I'm just, like, kind of getting into it a little bit more. And luckily, it's the type of place, like, you know, it's Berlin. Like, everyone's like, do your thing, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> but there was, like, one guy sort of right next to me who, I don't know, was maybe, like, 19 and looked like it was probably his first time in a Berlin club. And, like, he was so sweet. And, like, I could tell he really was, like yeah, everything's fine, like, I'm not shocked, but, like, every now and then I could just see his eyes sort of peering up at me and him, like, looking totally shocked and <laughs> horrified. No, not horrified, just shocked. Um, so I was, like, noticing this guy. I'm like, it's cool, but maybe, maybe, like, I need to go find someplace uh, a little more hidden. Like, if only there was a place here to masturbate without uh, any eyes on you or in a bit more privacy. And, of course, I realized there was a dark room next to me. So I made my way to the dark room and uh, found, like, a bit more comfortable of a vibe there. And that's when I just really settled into it. I leaned against a radiator um, and just sort of slowly carelessly masturbated for about I don't know an hour two hours <laughs> three hours <laughs> and <laughs> until I felt uh, well enough to to <laughs> get up and go and and actually at that point I like I felt really good I was like oh man I like survived I made it through and like also I've was in a dark room for a long time alone so I like ran up to my friends super excited and and right away I go oh my god like guys I just got fucked in the dark room <laughs> and my friends of course are like what by who myself <laughs> awesome. It sounds like you want to, like, yeah, I just got fucked in it. But, like, when you're doing it to yourself, it's just too wholesome. It's just, it's just very Betty Dodson. It's very wonderful. Um, wow. But tell me, honestly, I've never been to a club like that in Berlin. Are they really shocked when you're jerking off on a platform on the stage, though? That's what it's there for. That's what the lighting is there for. It's good lighting. People want to see. No. Well, I tell you, the the fuck bucket is as good as an oracle. I'm really hungover. Thoughts on sex as a hangover cure. I, I think we just had that in the story. You just need to masturbate through it and you'll be fine. I don't know. Honestly, if I ever got hungover again and tried to have, like, fucky fucky sex as opposed to, like, slow, like, easy sex by like bam 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 pounding sex i might puke um anybody care to comment hey a sex as a hangover cure yes, I could. you do so go for it hydrate and fuck yeah. hydrate and fuck good anybody else orgasms cure headaches, orgasms cure headaches. 
And PMS, we're talking about hangovers. I'm not sure. Uh, what? Oh, ah. I told people I was into pee play and extreme pain before I admitted to being into tickle torture. The deepest fetishes are hard to confess to. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening. I hope you definitely were holding on tight for that program of materials. I want to thank for this particular episode. I want to give thanks to our outdoor venue in Berlin, Villa Curiosum. They are a a regular source of joy for us and for our audience members. We put up some fairy lights. We fold out the chairs and the beer benches, and it's just a magical fucking wonderland. Villa Curiosum in Berlin. Uh, I want to mention our upcoming slams If you're listening to this podcast and you're in the area, drop on by. We've got a Smut Slam on December 13th in Leipzig and December 19th in Berlin. In January, we're adding Mannheim and Dresden to the mix for upcoming Smut Slams everywhere. Okay, now I'm going to give you a list here, but like everywhere, not everywhere, not all, you know, not all, all the continents, but a lot of them. Okay. We've got slams coming up next year, not only in Mannheim and Dresden, but also Winnipeg, Washington, DC, Victoria, Vancouver, Boston. We've got shows starting up in Hamburg and Helsinki and Tallinn and whoa, uh, Copenhagen is going monthly starting in January again. You've got to go over to our website, smutslam.com and check that out. That's where we're going to be posting things regularly. Also, if you wanted to stay up to date with that stuff, you should be following us on Instagram, on Facebook, Smut Slam International. There's lots of ways to find out what's happening in the Smut Slam universe. Now, if you want to see other shows by me personally, Cameron Moore, you should follow me on Facebook. Frankly, I'm an old fart and uh, Facebook is where it's at for me. I'm sometimes on Instagram, okay, but I'm still getting the hang of that. So you can follow me on Facebook. That's that's perfectly fine. A recommendation to German-speaking listeners, episode number three, that's the last episode we put out, that ended with a story by Matilda Kaiser. And I wanted to let you know about, you know, she's doing an amazing fucking a German language comedy podcast called Mathilde und Georg Produzieren Unterhaltung. Uh, if you understand that, then you understand enough to go listen to it. Go check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's it for the recommendations, except I do want to mention that this episode was particularly sponsored by confetti.eu. That is K-O-N-F-E. T-T-I-E dot E-U. I met their founder earlier this year at our Berlin Slam, where she told an amazing story. And then afterwards, we started chatting, and she told me about this this new uh, sex-positive marketplace for indie and body-safe toys that she was starting up. Fantastic. I have been an awestruck follower ever since. They've got some amazing amazing stuff hanging out in there from independent makers and it's just stuff you're not going to find anywhere else you can go to confetti.eu and get 20 percent off your first order using the code smutslam20 during checkout go give them a look oh yes if you want to join us in sponsoring, if you're like a producer or a, a sex toy store or anything like that, just uh, drop us a line and we're happy to talk with you about the opportunities. But we are so grateful for the sponsors that we have in place here, uh, confetti.eu and, of course, Enjoy Toys. That is all for now, folks. 
I hope that you have a great warm and well season wherever you are, North or South Hemisphere. Like if you're South, you're going to want to stay cool. If you're North, just bundle up and wherever you are, stay healthy. And remember, your life is awesome. This has been Your Life is Awesome, a story podcast from Smutslam with Cameron Moore. Produced by me, Mark Seestedt. Music by Sticky Biscuits. A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting Smutslam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing this show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to smutslampodcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about Smutslam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening.